welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 17 of the Chat It Up podcast. I'm your host, Shooter. If this is uh, your first time listening in, uh, Chat It Up is a bi-weekly podcast about all things Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Uh, for those of you loyal listeners, welcome back. Uh, so we'll just jump right into things here. Uh, if I sound a little bit tired or out of it, I do apologize. I just was in the car for about six hours driving back from Chicago. I was uh, down there with my girlfriend. Her niece uh, just turned one and uh, had uh, her baptism. So we were down there, big uh, family weekend. And uh, so I'm home now after a long car ride, uh, kicking my feet up, having a beer, trying to unwind and uh, get this podcast out to you guys. Um, I know that the last episode I promised that I'd probably be um, doing some new segments and kind of you know breaking those out. Um, not this episode. Uh, I'm going to stick with the, the segments that I did last time. Um, I'll just be honest with you. I didn't prepare uh, the new segments. Don't have them ready. So give me – I'll take the L on that for sure. I definitely failed. But uh, I've got some great segments anyway, so I'm going to just jump right into these guys for you. So the, uh, the first one is uh, Youper News. Uh, we started this segment last episode. So basically, any headlines that are out there that you see them and you're like, man, where else would you see you know, a headline like that but in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan? So I'm going to kind of go through a couple of headlines that I found in the last... Uh, week or two here that really just kind of jumped out to me and was like wow okay this is definitely uh something you'd only find in the up uh so the first one obviously is from tv6 news and uh it's the uh 20th annual uh hiking paiva uh festival as a part of that they have a polar plunge that they normally do there is uh, a fraternity in uh, Hancock that organizes the Polar Plunge to raise money for a good cause. And they had to cancel it because it was too cold. So <laughs> normally when you think of like a Polar Plunge jumping into cold water, you know, normally you would, you'd want it to be cold. You'd want it to the weather to, to be as cold as possible. But it's actually too cold to do a Polar Plunge. That's when you know you're in God's country, you're up in the UP when it's too cold to do a polar plunge, which I get you want it to be safe, especially for the, the divers and the safety people that they have there. So totally get why they canceled, but I just thought that that was uh, kind of amusing that it was literally too cold to do the polar plunge. So uh, my other youper news that I saw is uh, the An- Iron Mountain uh, Rotary Club kicks off annual car plunge contest. So if you're unfamiliar, basically the Rotary Club... In Iron Mountain, uh, there's a, the the Chapin Pit, which uh, was uh, a part of the mining there, and it uh, it filled up with water. So there's a road that goes through the middle of it, and on either side is this big pit filled with water, and it ices over, obviously, in the wintertime. And uh, the Rotary Club down there, they, uh, they push a car out onto the ice, and uh, you can basically make bets on when you think the car is going to fall through the ice. Uh, you get three guesses for 10 bucks, and whenever that car goes through the ice, uh, the winner gets $1,500, and the rest of the proceeds go to the Rotary Club. Um, I've seen something similar up here around Ishwing Way. I know that there's a service organization in Nagani that does that out on Tia Lake, and to be honest with you, I've never seen it anywhere but in the UP. So to me, that screams Uper News is... Uh, <laughs> 
pushing a car out on the ice and then betting when it's going to bust through. Um, but also pretty cool that you can help out a great cause, these local service organizations. Uh, they definitely need uh, you know all the, the funds and the, the help that they can get in order to uh, keep uh, spreading goodwill and doing what they do throughout our communities. So that is your Uper News for Episode 17. Uh, moving forward, uh, it's time for da, 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 this day in Uper history. We're going to keep that going. Uh, so this will be coming out on uh, Monday, January 28th. And this is brought to you by the good folks at Pasty.com. That's P-A-S-T-Y.com. They also run the Pasty Central Facebook page. So uh, let's just jump into this day in history, January 28th. January 28th, Pasty Central Day in History. On this day in 1885, the Portage Lake Herald published its last edition in the Copper Country. The newspaper would reappear a year later as the Hancock Mining Herald, only to fail again and reemerge as the Michigan Copper Journal, which again disappeared in 1893. Altogether, the three publications brought less than a decade of competition for the Weekly Gazette, which became a daily newspaper in 1898. Also, on this day in 1973, a Michigan soldier, the last American to die in the Vietnam conflict, was killed 11 hours before the ceasefire went into effect. Lieutenant Colonel William Nolde of Mount Pleasant gave his life for his country on this day in 1973. Pasty Central Day in History, January 28th. Okay, that was your This Day in Uper History, brought to you by the folks at Pasty.com and the Pasty Central Facebook page. So another big shout-out to those guys. Uh, The interview that I have this week is one that I'm super pumped up about. Uh, It's a good family friend of mine, uh, Mr. Nick Blodgick. Nick, uh, you guys probably, those of you loyal listeners, will probably remember him from the Deer Camp uh, episode. He was one of the guys uh, giving some stories about hunting and and that sort of thing. Um, Nick is the president of the Kiwanis Ski Club. Uh, And those unfamiliar, the Kiwanis Ski Club is down in Iron Mountain, and they are the folks that are responsible for putting on the Continental Cup ski jumping competition every year down there. Uh, It's basically, it's a weekend-long thing, but the Saturday of that event is pretty much my favorite day of the entire year. Uh, I would compare it to basically like your birthday Christmas and the 4th of July kind of all rolled into one. And, you know, it's pretty much a a tailgate party with you and 10,000 of your new best friends. But um, we'll kind of get into that in the interview. Nick and I talk about a lot of different stuff. Um, So we'll just kind of jump right into this. So uh, without further ado, let's chat it up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 17 of the Chat It Up podcast. I'm sitting here with Good friend of mine, Mr. Nicky Blodgick. He is the president of the Kiwanis Ski Club. Nicky, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate no it. No problem. So you're a born and raised Kingster man, class of 69. You graduated you with my father. Mm-hmm. Was ski jumping kind of always something that was like a part of your life growing up in when, the area? When we were growing up in Brighton, and it happened in the Heights, it happened in Brighton, it happened in East Kingster. We used to go around and actually make our own ski jumps. We went on property that didn't even belong to us, but we actually made ski jumps and then skied for you know, maybe two weeks or three weeks and moved to some another one, a bigger one, a smaller one, whatever it happened to be. Okay. 
So, uh, yeah, I know there were a lot of neighborhood jumps back in the day. My dad's told me a lot about, like, the Myron and Devil's Hill was another one that he mentioned. What what were some of the other names of the jumps? Oh, I, gotta, I know they're... Oh, jeez. I can't even remember half those names. <laughs> yeah, there was Myron's Suicide. Suicide, okay. Uh, we had uh, one over, a couple of over in East Kingsford. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was that one the lake. There was a Squaw Lake or something. Where we, okay. I mean, we, we used to name our own. All right. But I can't remember a lot of We made a beautiful one out in Aurora one, uh, one afternoon or one morning. Uh, we had actually had a, underneath the tower, we made a tower that we had actually had a smoking building underneath it. That's where, <laughs> that's where we'd be smoking our cigarettes and <laughs> ski jumping at other times. So it was, uh, oh. it was a lot of fun. So as far as the Kiwanis Ski Club, how long have you been involved with the ski club? This has been, my, I think this year right here is going to be my 35th year. Wow. Okay. So I got so started. How exactly did you get involved? <laughs> Well, my brother used to jump for the Red Wing Ski Club, but mm-hmm. we, you know, when we were growing up, we didn't have the money to have two pair of skis. So something, if a pair broke or so, I get his broken ones of thereabouts. But he, he was actually more of a ski jumper than I was. I got involved with a neighbor of mine by the name of Ricky Sparpani when I built a house over by Moon Lake. He uh, kept telling me to get in there. We were involved, we were heavily involved in softball. I said I don't have time. I said I'm busy and da da da. And I went to a meeting, and one of the first meetings I went to. With the ski club was at the Woodward Bar down the basement, and there was about forty-five people jammed in there. Wow! And smoke, just heavy, heavy smoke. And I was thinking, boy, I don't, how, how do they put this on? How does this group actually make this thing work? Right. And I, you know, I learned as I went, you know, the first time I come up to the hill here, the building we're sitting in right now is like a two-story, pretty good-sized building. But this, this was the only building they had. I mean, this building was here. Just a quarter of this building was here, and I opened the door one time. And everything was jammed into this one little room about, you know, 24 by 12. And sure. All the stuff they used in, in those days was in that building. It was, it was unbelievable. Wow. But now, the Qantas Ski Club, if if I'm understanding correctly, has basically been here since the, the beginning, since 1939, correct? Since That's the, correct, yeah. Since was, the first uh, tournament was held? It was called basically the Winter Sports Association when it first started. Okay. And when he built the hill, and uh, it was finished in 39. That's sure. when the first tournament was. It was actually built in, what, 37, 38 so it did start out as a winter sports association, and it kind of transformed into the Kiwanis Ski Club. Awesome. Now, another thing, at least as far as my understanding that I have, is from what I've been told is, you know, this event is kind of held up as the gold standard for how ski jumping tournaments should be run. You know, other ski clubs come to you and say, you know, what can we do to to run our event like yours? What do you think it is that kind of sets the Kiwanis Ski Club apart for, for how they run this tournament that makes it kind of that gold standard? Well, for me, I guess, you know, this has been, since I've joined the club, and it was before I was in the club, but I mean, we've had some pretty good, uh, very, very good tournaments here. We've got a good core group of people that actually uh, make this thing run the way it's supposed to be run. You know, when the people from FIS, which is a ski federation in Europe, which handles all, you know, they're, they're our bosses, basically. Sure. They love the way we what a tournament on. They don't, they don't even know how we do it with the num- numbers we have. You know, we're very short, short-handed. short We're getting older. All of us are getting older. Sure. We could use a whole lot of members, really, to be honest. We could use a new, newer membership, but it's uh, it's just a, we, we, we pay attention to detail, and it's recognized by the people in Europe, and they say, it just, it, you guys know how to do it. Sure. And we'll talk a little later about something else. I'll, I'll yeah. Let you know. Yeah. So... You mentioned you've kind of got a core group of people, but obviously I'm sure it pretty much takes a village to, to really make this thing run. About how many volunteers do you usually have every year to, to make this thing run? Well, we have, normally we have about 40, maybe 40 or 45 people in the ski club. 
Mm-hmm. Active wise, I'm going to tell you, there's probably about 15 or 20 that are really active. Mm-hmm. We do get a lot of volunteers on the you know like the last two weeks and in the next two or three weeks up until the tournament. Mm-hmm. But you know, lately we've been actually paying some of the people because you know we have to have people on the tower and all this. Sure, these rules change constantly, so we're the volunteer base is great. We just love it, and you know the the we've got like a few. Companies around here that really, really help us out. You know, I, I'm not, I don't want to miss anybody, but like Baco Construction, MJ, uh, Champion. They're they just they, what they do for us. I'm still amazed every 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 year. I, I I'm just amazed how they uh, take care of us. Right. You know, we we might need this, might need that, and uh, lake stakes roofing, but heaters, whatever. It's just it's just you know I don't want to miss anybody, but I probably will. But it's just it's it's awesome uh, the whole community wide event. Sure, and and obviously you guys can't just snap your fingers and this place is ready to go. There's a lot of preparation, I'm guessing, that goes into this. How how early do you guys start prepping the, the hill in the area to get this thing ready to go? Well, you know, I don't, I've don't. i been the president probably around 25 of the 35 years I've been in this club. And it used to be we'd start in maybe December, middle of December, before Christmas. The tournament would usually be either in late February, sometimes in late mm-hmm. March, when it was years ago. Now we, we always try to get the second or third week in February. We start... That, that was that was the good old days because you put all the stuff away, the shovels and so on. But you put them away, and about two days after the tournament, pay the bills, and you're done. <laughs> now it is it is at least for me and a few other people, it's a year-round job. It's sure. just it's it's the preparation on the hill actually started uh, between Christmas and New Year's, the landing hill, when we usually do the tower like one week before. The tower doesn't take very long. Sure, we we have we don't have refrigeration on it, so that that really helps. Yeah, but the hill, the landing hill is uh, is the big thing. That's got to be that's got to be good. Sure, so. Jumpers basically come, you mentioned a little bit, you know, FIS in Europe. So these jumpers are are coming from countries all over the world, correct? I mean, That's what are right. some of the main countries that these jumpers are, are traveling here from? The main ones for us now is uh, the, the, what we call the old, they're here all the time, is uh, Austria, Slovenia, Germany, Poland, uh, Norway, Germany, although... All these there's jumpers right now from probably in Continental Cup probably from about fifteen or sixteen different nations. Wow, we, get, we usually get about fourteen of them. Okay, so from from what I've been told and actually speaking to a few of the the jumpers over the years, they absolutely love coming and jumping here. Why do you think it is that they love love jumping here at this site so much? It's a number of it's basically a number of things. We, me and my wife, we've been to Europe three or four times to different tournaments over there, and they're they're treated pretty well over there too. Nothing like here. I mean, so here it's here. It's almost like a family. Mm-hmm. I mean, they go to a family's house. They don't stay. People get a misconception that these jumpers are staying at uh, a family's house for the whole week or thereabouts. That doesn't happen. We have a family night on a uh, Friday night, I believe it is, where the, you can actually rent a ski rent a ski team. Yeah. But that's the only thing. You take them out for supper. You learn this, or you take them to your house, and so on and so forth. But it's they, the way they're treated up on top of the hill. We have a beautiful, beautiful, uh, almost like a day long or a weekend long buffet. Uh, they, when they have to go here, we have to go there. They're they're treated very, very, very nice. They love the hill. They love the parking lot. When they see that parking lot, you know, it was in the paper the other day about uh, the number of uh, how many people come here compared to like in Europe. And we've been to Continental Cups in Europe. There's fifty, sixty people in the, in the stands. It's just, wow. it's just. And here you got about ten, twelve thousand people out in the park. Yeah, or if it's a, a World it. Cup, twenty thousand people. Yep. I remember showed up the last time. So, 
Speaking of the attendance, I, I, have you seen the attendance start to get better over the years? I mean, I know it fluctuates depending on if it's a World Cup event and the weather plays a big key, but have you seen the attendance start to kind of get better here? Well, you hit it right on the head with the weather part because last year the weather was good right from the Monday before yep. the tournament till the Monday after the tournament. It was blue skies and pretty decent temperature, you know, 20, 30 mm-hmm. degrees. Last year was a very, very good year. This year, I know right now, we just started online sales for buttons. We've never done that. This is, a, I believe, our third year or second year. Mm-hmm. And I talked to the fellow in charge of that at our meeting Tuesday night, and he said they are way, way over last year already. Awesome. So that's a real good thing for us. Yeah, and it, that kind of leads into you know this, this um, fundraising campaign you guys have been doing of kind of jumping into the future, so to speak. Do you want to touch a little bit on, on what that is and what you guys have been trying to do? Yeah, I can touch a little bit on that, definitely. Uh, I also do want to mention that Bellin, uh, Bellin Health is our main, major sponsor, our title sponsor, and they've been mm-hmm. with us now for about four or five years. And, That's you know, right. Both them you know, and all the other sponsors, have been, they really uh, they make this thing happen. The buttons are one part of the sale but to make this go, but the sponsorship is crucial. It is. And as far as our capital campaign about, uh, I think it was uh, 2017, right after the tournament on Sunday, we were told by FIS, they had three or four officials here, to go in the basement and make sure we're in our lower level of our clubhouse here. And they said we got, they had some things to tell, tell us. And first time we heard about it was we have to do this, we have to do that. And one of the first things we had to do was get the landing hill straight and we'd actually make the landing hill less steep. So it went from like 39 degrees to 37 degrees. Okay. We finished the first phase uh, in, in the summer or fall of 2017. Mm-hmm. This past fall and spring, we did the uh, top of the hill. So mm-hmm. that's the landing hill and all is done. And you know, it, it seems like just, you know, add dirt or take out dirt. That's not how it works. Right, <laughs> we have side rails on there and so on. They had to be moved and put back up, and da da da. There was a lot of lot of things with that. Sure. Our next phase is uh, this spring is to put another tower right next to the one we have, mm-hmm. and there will be a warming shack on top of that particular tower, and then a, a, a bridge, if you will, from the new tower to the old tower. The old tower, we had it checked out, and it's not good enough to hold uh, to, to do the things we have to do. Sure. So we have to have a separate tower. And everybody talks about an elevator. Yes, most likely there will be an elevator. It is not 100% necessary. But okay. if we do, if the funds are available, which it looks like they're going to be, we will uh, uh, we'll have an elevator. Sure. And speaking of the, the funds uh, being available, one of the big kind of announcements that came out here right towards uh, the end of 2018 was money specifically being earmarked by the state of Michigan for both Pine Mountain and Copper Peak. Obviously, Copper Peak has not been in use for since the mid-90s or 96. early 90s. 96, yeah. So they're trying to kind of resurrect yeah. that there. And um, so... But some of that money, like I said, is kind of coming this direction, and that, that was really big news. Can you touch a little bit on how that all kind of came together? Yeah, when we started our capital, capital campaign fund about two or three years ago, uh, Bob Jacquard? Jacquard? Yeah, Bob Jacquard. He's Jacquard. a friend of the podcast. I interviewed yep. his daughter, Gina, er, earlier uh, in uh, 2018, so we'll give them a quick shout-out. <laughs> yeah, he actually was very good friends with uh, our former governor, Rick Schneider, mm-hmm. but he had said there might be monies available, and evidently, from what I under- my understanding, is that these monies from a sales tax on liquor and cigarettes and so on went into this particular fund down in Lansing. Most of that money went to Cobo Hall and the re- renovation of Cobo Hall, and used to get approximately... $10 million a year just for that particular thing at all. It stayed downstate. Right. Some or other, one of the, Bob or somebody found out about it and this and that, and it turned out to be that it's going to be spent up in the UP, which it's about, about time as yeah. far as this fund is concerned. Absolutely. Absolutely. We well, have a big meeting in uh, Marquette on the 24th. Uh, we're going to find a, a whole lot more about it because all the, some of our senators and uh, 
representatives and sure. state will be there. So uh, we have a, a thing going on on the 24th in Marquette. We'll find out a little bit more about that, but it looks very, very promising. Great. Um, I'll be looking forward to hear what you know kind of news comes out of that. So um, now speaking of kind of like, you know, preparing for the future, heading towards the future. Obviously, with these updates and kind of getting in compliance with FIS and, and, you know, doing the things they'd like you to do, that should then open up opportunities to have some kind of bigger type events here, correct? It's my understanding. I heard some rumblings about possibly some World Cup events coming this way. As far as I know right now, and it's no baloney, I mean, we we have been asked in the meetings in in the spring... They had meetings in Europe where they, where they set the schedules up and so on. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they're talking about a World Cup in the United States. And it was between either Lake Placid, Iron Mountain, or Park City. And most of the representatives picked Iron Mountain. They are the only ones that will have a, that basically sure. know what they're doing and so on and so forth. Because we did have them in 96 and 2000. Yes. And from my understanding, it's nothing's firmed up yet. But for, to us, it's almost like it's us t- to not have it. Right. Depends if we want to have it or not. Okay. And the big thing that most people don't know, they're talking about having a, a women's and a men's at the same time. That's never happened. Yes. And they said Iron Mountain will be able to pull us off. Wow. So we'll know in March. Uh, I know uh, Walter Hofer and uh, Horst Thielman, the big shots from uh, this, will be here in March, and we'll, we'll discuss it more. Awesome. So this year's tournament is coming up. It'll be February 8th, 9th, and 10th. We've, you added an event for Friday now, correct? We added an extra day of, of true competition, not just a trial. Yeah, Bill, I believe, I'm glad you brought that up. But believe it or not, the tournaments in Europe, because of a lack of snow, they're canceling. And there's two there's two have been canceled already. And next weekend's in Turkey has been canceled already. A lot of people don't know about but they already canceled it two weeks in advance, so they don't expect to have any snow. And sure. I don't know if they've got snowmaking equipment or the weather's not right or whatever. So they had asked us if we'd hold three of them. And the reason we do that is the reason we always say yes is because these ski jumpers are going from Continental Cup to World Cup. They must have a tournament. That's how they get their points. Mm-hmm. And the guys with the most points get to the next level. Sure. So the more points they can get, the more turn, uh, turn chances they have to get this. That's why we, you know, we'll, help, we'll help out. It costs us more money, but it's, it's really worth it. So Friday it will be a scheduled tournament. Yeah. So let's say somebody's new to this area and they want to get involved or they just don't know how, but they would like to. How would somebody get involved to help out or volunteer, become a part of this if they really wanted to? Uh, believe you me, we could use volunteers in help. It's not everything outside either. A lot of people think they've got to go outside and it's trouble mm-hmm. stone, isn't that? That's not the case. We have machines that do a lot of the different things, but we, we need people inside. Uh, there's so many different things to do. And, you know, our club is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And, I, and it's not just our club. I hear it from all the other clubs in our town here that are just the memberships are not there anymore. And I don't know what, what I don't know what the, I don't know why, but we just don't have enough people to help. It. So to get in touch with us, you know, you could we have meetings on Tuesday night uh, between now and the tournament date. There's somebody up at the hill every day. Sure. And and most of the people up there are volunteers. And they would know what, uh, what who to get a hold of, or you know, if you could do yeah. like I say, inside stuff or outside stuff. It's an hour a day or two hours a day. You know, the last two Saturdays we've had 21 people. Average. Okay. We start at about eight o'clock, have a real nice warm breakfast, and then we're out until about eleven o'clock. We're done. Okay. Because so many people are here. Great. Just just show up at the hill. Sure. And so another question then. Let's say somebody's not from the area or they've never been to ski jumps before. I want to walk through with you a little bit, kind of how you can get yourself to ski jumps and really kind of be a part of the action. First off, you got to buy a button in order to get in. A booster button. Yeah, you can either buy them at the gate; they're a little more expensive, or you can buy them ahead of time. But um, how much does a button cost? 
You know what the button prices this this year? I'm not even sure. Adults are uh, pre-sale is adults thirty, students are twenty-five. Mm-hmm. At the gate, they're going to be thirty-five dollars and thirty dollars for uh, uh, students. Students are, uh, I think, what eleven to seventeen. Uh, under eleven is free. If you buy them online, they're twenty-five dollars. You just go to KiwanisKeyClub.org. Yeah. And those are that gets you in through the whole weekend. So you can come Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and definitely get your money's worth out of that button. Now, if you want to take it another step above that, one of the things that I think really makes this you know event in this place special is you can you can purchase a reserved spot, correct? Parking spots, yes. Yeah. So how much does it cost if you want to get a reserved parking spot? The parking spots are there. we have what we call in front of the snow bank or behind the snow bank. That's directly in front, uh, directly in front of the tower. Those are fifty dollars a piece for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday mm-hmm. in front of the snow bank and behind that snow bank, which we don't have a whole lot of snow this year, so <laughs> the banks aren't going to be that big. Those are thirty dollars. We also have on the side of the hill, the right hand side, looking up. Those are sixteen foot spots, and those are worth uh, eighty dollars for all weekend. That's a big, big area. And then, of course, we have up on uh, what we call the Bulldozer Hill, which is on the left side of the landing hill. That is uh, more, more or less for sponsorships. But sure. That's, you know, that's if you're a company or so about yeah. interested, let us know. Right. So, and you don't have to have a reserved spot. It's the first couple of rows after that. It's first come, first serve as far yes, as parking, that, correct? Yes, that's, that's a good point okay. also. And there's uh, the Popple Palace. We have a, you have a beautiful building over there full of food. You can bring in your own food and drink if you want, but it, it is available over there, correct? you yes. got a lot of stuff in there? This year at the Popple Palace, now we normally have the Aquinas Service Club takes care of the food and beverages there. We are going to have an outdoor smoker's uh, grill this year. Uh, he's got ribs and a bunch of other different things. There. None, of these, none of these food vendors have the same thing. They're all different. But we're also going to have Steve Connery with his uh, uh, memorabilia, sports yes. memorabilia. We've got a gal selling cards. We have a new guy selling wood, wooden woodcrafts, but mm-hmm. related to ski jumping. He made a bunch of different things for ski jumping. I haven't even seen it yet. But little towers and this guy. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We're going to have the flight for life. Uh, they're going to have a booth here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see who else. I think Are the trapper hats back again? Oh yeah, the trapper. Oh, my year. buddy, my buddy from uh, he's from Downs, Wisconsin, all my lacrosse. Yeah, he's here. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. You've been doing this for a lot of years, and you've seen a lot of things oh. doing this over the course of the years. What what keeps you coming back year after year? What, what I, do you enjoy I, so much about doing uh, this that you keep coming back? You know, I, actually, I wish I knew. What, I wish I knew what it was. It's just something I don't know. It just got into the blood. I mean, the first time I come to the hill and I saw this building we're sitting in right now, this is about all it was here. It was like a, a one fourth of what the building is in yeah. here. And I don't. I remember one time they said uh, they asked they had asked me what we're going to do with uh, how we're going to uh, make this thing work. I said, well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to add on a, a, an upper level and make the building bigger, so the, the club will be up on top and the, the other stuff down below. That was our that was our original start. Then, the, then of course, the uh, judges' tower, which most people don't even realize, that was the biggest investment. That mm-hmm. was uh, that was on the side of the hill and it's uh, three stories high, plus the roof, which you could stand on. Yeah, that was very very expensive. Then we made a building on top for the skiers and so on, which is uh, identical to the one we're in here. It's almost the same yep. size, uh, two stories. And then, the, of course, the Popple Palace, what we call that was a guy by the name of Torger, out of Felch. Torger, I think it's Tyson. He was uh, an old ski jumper and so on. He says, you know, Nick, you're going to build a, a Popple Palace over there. And that's, that name stuck and it's been ever since. It's a huge, huge building, you know, 60 by 120, which we use for bending. And we have weddings in there. We have um, the, the bike deal, does their deal, Italian Fest and so sure. on. So we let, you know, we let people use it for that also. So it's, there's been changes since I've been here. I mean... A ton of changes, and all sure. mostly to the good. 
So you mentioned kind of an old ski jumping guy. Obviously, a lot of those guys have come through this building over the years. Oh. Some that were actually Olympians and stuff. Can you think of a few names that we can at least kind of well, give give some credit to or some respect here along the way? Well, the first one and, and the first and most foremost would be Butch Woodin. Butch Woodin has been in the club way before me. He's got to be a very, very good friend of mine. He is a former Olympian. He went to Cortina, Italy, and a few other places. He has been the most supportive of the Kiwana Ski Club by far. Uh, Gary Sparpan is in the, in the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Willie Erickson. Uh, we lost Chrissy Railway last year or yes. year, two years ago. Yeah, a year or two ago. Eric Hyatt. Oh, Eric Hyatt. Oh, that's another Olympian. Yes, Eric. Eric is our chief of competition. He's definitely involved. We just lost Kurt Mascot, who passed away a couple about a month ago. He was a very, very good volunteer. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to miss anybody. There's a few other people. I wish there was more of them, you know, but they're all... The junior club hasn't been around for a long time. We'd sure. love to get one started, but you got to have you need the people to do it. Yeah. So I've got one final question for you that I ask everybody that does the podcast. Go ahead. Do you like ketchup or gravy on your pasty, or 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 other? You can pick other if you want. When I when I get my pasties, one of our sponsors, Antonio's. I don't know if I can say that, but I did. you can. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, I do it. I don't want nothing on my pasty. I like it just the way it is. Just the way it is. And okay. I'm a, I'm a full blooded Croatian and. <laughs> Not, not a Cornish guy, but I lo- we like pasties. Okay. Well, Nick, <laughs> I thank you for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. This is a great chat, and I'm really, really looking forward to uh, an awesome ski jump event this Perfect. year. Perfect. I'm glad you're here a little early, so this hopefully people get to, you know get up here and see what's going on. Absolutely. Thanks right. again. You bet. Okay, it's time for the takeaways for my chat with Nick. The first is how he mentioned the need for volunteers and people to get involved with not only the Qantas Ski Club, but service organizations all over the Upper Peninsula. There's a huge need in many of these organizations and events all across the UP for young and civic-minded individuals. I'll just be frank, the torch needs to be passed to someone, or many of the events and the things in our communities that we love are going to fall by the wayside. So if you're listening to this and you have even an inkling of an urge to volunteer, get out there and donate your time because we all end up better off for it. My next takeaway from my chat with Nick is how important asking questions can be. The funds that are being allocated to Pine Mountain and Copper Peak all came from asking a question. Obviously, it's not exactly that simple, but you have to start somewhere. Now, I know many of us are afraid to speak up for a multitude of different reasons, but if you don't ask, you'll never know. So fight that fear and ask big big questions, because it can lead to big results. My last takeaway from my chat with Nick is really something that I've known since I was a little kid. And that's that the ski jumping tournament at Pine Mountain is very, very special. From the crowd atmosphere to the action-packed jumps, it seriously is unlike anything else out there. If you've been there before, you definitely know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, well, I cannot encourage you enough to buy a button, make the trip, and experience it for yourself. Because anything that lasts for 80 years and counting is certainly doing something right. Chat It Up is a bi-weekly podcast about all things Upper Peninsula of Michigan. 
If you're listening on Apple Podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave me a review. You can also find Chat It Up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening in. I'm your host, Shooter, reminding you to keep your chin up and your eyes forward.